Hey, I'm Ben, and I've been fortunate enough to grow a little bit of a following of over 200,000 people on Instagram and other social platforms. And I'm Francis, and I'm trying to do the same. And on this podcast, we talk about building audiences, creating content, and to eventually trying to make a living from it. And in this episode, we go from my struggles with starting YouTube and my imposter syndrome sort of feelings about the whole thing. Then we transfer into Francis, his love for programming and how he's kind of found a passion for, for what he wants to do, which can sort of spin out into content creation as well. And we also talk about pricing, which is really, really interesting. Different pricing techniques and how we think about products in tiered pricing scenarios and all that fun stuff. So hope you enjoy this one. And enjoy. So talk to me, my man. What's been going on? What's been going on with you? I heard you've done a YouTube script. I've done more than a YouTube script. You've done more than a YouTube yeah. script. I've come to the realization, well, not the realization, but I'm finally pulling the trigger on YouTube land. Mm. I've been doing live streams to get me into the rhythm. I've done nine or 10 of them now, I think. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good number to sort of get me used to being in front of the camera, talking to people, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to continue to do those, but now I'm going to do a proper YouTube video. I'm in the, in the process of sort of figuring that out. But I think just like when I started with Instagram, mm-hmm. all of these feelings are coming back because it's a new platform, <laughs> a new format, yeah, potentially like new audience. And it's just like the anxiety and imposter syndrome is through the roof. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this is like, who's going to listen to me? There's way better YouTubers on here, blah, blah, blah. But I'm fortunate enough to know that, okay, cool, I've felt all this before. Mm-hmm. Shut the fuck up and just do the work. <laughs> <laughs> so you're starting something new, but it feels like you're starting from scratch, at least yeah. emotionally. Yeah, I get all those feelings. And it's like a real, that that resistance, that Stephen Pressfield, mm. the war of art, that resistance is strong. Mm-hmm. I'm like, huh, I think that's a good thing. It's a good indication because it's like, yeah, it's probably what I'm meant to be doing. Mm. All right, so go towards that. So you follow the resistance. Follow the resistance. Uh That's it. Because what's easy is to not do it. Yeah. Right? But yeah, I've gone, how we talked about premature optimization, Mm -hmm. I've gone deep. How deep are we talking? Not so much premature optimization, but maybe over analyzing the YouTube landscape, let's say. Like I've just gone in research mode, basically. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've looked up like so many podcasts written like copious notes on like story frameworks. So you got like the three act story, you got the hero's oh, yeah. journey, mm-hmm. you got all that sort of stuff. It's fascinating. It's really good to do, I think, mm-hmm. just so I've got an idea. But then I've gone into thumbnail analysis, title mm-hmm. analysis. I made like a mini, like a tiny little app. So it gets all of the YouTube channels that I look up to, gets their top 20 most viewed videos and mm-hmm. it shows me the thumbnails, titles, when it was uploaded, trying to find some correlations between there, particularly in the art space. Like what are the, I'm basically like my reasoning behind this is if I'm going to spend all this time making this content, mm-hmm. I want to give myself the best chance that people are going to see the bloody thing. Mm-hmm. And one of the, probably the 80, 20 of all this research that I've done that I've found out is to do the thumbnail and title first. Mm. The th- sorry, the thumbnail and title first. Right? What do you mean by first? You mean before you do the video? Before I do the video. Mm. So nail down, get all the ideas out, nail it down to like ideas that are both interesting to me mm. and to a potential audience, but more so to me because then I'm going to be able to create, again, it comes back to value, right? Mm. How much value can I put into this thing and condense it into a five to 10 minute video? get the thumbnail going mm. that does one of two things and i've heard a couple of so mr beast says to do this and mark rober to do it first to do the it video. first they do all that first i was listening to the lex friedman podcast uh with mr beast mm-hmm. on it and he was saying like they was in a meeting and they were just throwing out ideas and one of their biggest questions were like well what's the thumbnail going to be mm-hmm. like great idea but like i don't even know what the thumbnail could be with that mm-hmm. so it almost doesn't matter it's almost the barrier to entry to doing because these guys have millions of dollars on the line when they create a video they got to make that hook with the title and the thumbnail which is an absolute banger Mm. because they're putting a shit ton of money into it that's interesting because to me that feels like 
the opposite. Yeah, doesn't it? Yeah. It does, but I've heard like Mark Rober, like that guy that does all the engineering yeah. science, he's the guy Good that used to work stuff. for NASA. Yeah. Yeah, he does that as well. And I mean, I'm like, okay, interesting. And I hear, I'm starting to hear it more and more. Mm. The idea is everything basically to begin with. And I, I can, you can almost have that like akin to product. You can start building mm-hmm. and finding the the audience and the idea and like the use for it as you get, and that could be successful. Mm. But it's almost better to sort of have an idea of what that problem is that you're trying to solve up front mm. and then make the thing. So maybe that's that's a broken analogy, but it's sort of, that's what it feels like. It's doing the upfront work of, okay, because there's low-hanging fruit that I could do. Mm. I could just do like how to draw an eye. Everyone's fucking done that. You know, what about or in a little bit inside baseball? My first video is going to be why I don't use the Loomis method. The Loomis method is like the number one way to start drawing ahead. Mm-hmm. And if you've just started to go a little bit beyond the basics of drawing, what is it? What is the method? How do you? Oh, how do I explain it? It's like you start off with a sphere yeah. and you cut off the sides of the head, uh-huh. right? To then make it more like skull shaped. And then you do all these like, measurements and bits and pieces Mm -hmm. and i want to go the opposite route to all these people saying how to use the loomis method Mm -hmm. i want to go like i don't use the loomis method Mm -hmm. which i don't Mm -hmm. right but then i go into deep as to why Mm -hmm. it's not disparaging the loomis method whatsoever i even say that this is a fantastic thing and then i give them even more i give them four more methods Mm -hmm. that i've researched and then i know on how to use in my head i'm trying to figure out how you would generate from an idea to a YouTube video, mm. is it thumbnail first even before the concept or is it like you I have a concept and then you try to think, is there a possible thumbnail that's going to work? And then you use that as kind of a gate as to whether to keep going. I think it's concept first yeah. and then thumbnail and title will go together. Yeah. So that's like second. So concept, what if I did a video about drawing the head? That was my first thought with this. Mm-hmm. Drawing the head because I looked at a bunch of art related YouTube videos and then that was a consistent thing, the Loomis method, head mm. drawing, how to draw a head, how to draw a head, mm. millions and millions of views. I'm like, okay, cool. It might work, it might not, but at least there's some data there saying that people are wanting to know this. Mm. Like, okay. And then it was like, all right, what? how am I going to make this different or more engaging to my story essentially? How do I draw the head and how is it different to how other people might draw the head and how is there a hook in there mm. that makes it – stand out from the rest mm-hmm. right and it's not like how to draw a head using the loomis method i'm going to do it like i don't use the loomis method when drawing the head and then like the thumbnail i'm going to be like it was a lie <laughs> and me just like looking at the loomis method sort of so like it's i'm trying to get clickbaity but in a way that makes sense and it's not clickbaity it's like there's like white hat clickbaity and black hat clickbaity i yeah. found there's one okay. where it's like yeah it makes sense the clickbait after like to get the people in yeah and then there's just like the ones that I hate, particularly in art, where mm. they show you awesome artwork on the thumbnail. Then you're like, where the fuck is this in the video? Yeah. I, I skipped to the end. I've not, I don't see this. <laughs> you well, know? That's what the thumbnail is for, right? It's supposed to give you a preview of what the video is, condense yeah. it into one image. That's it. Uh, and, and what Mr. Beast says is you've got to sort of make good on your promise yeah. of the title and the thumbnail within the first 30 seconds or even sooner, or else people are out. Because you got to think like, okay, this is why they clicked on the video because they're interested in that. You give them a reason and then exceed that, Mm. right? And that's what I've been trying to do with the script. And the cool thing, I mean, because this is so fresh in my head, stop me if I'm just really- No, this is good good stuff. (laughs) But what I've been using ChatGPT for Mm -hmm. is not just because I've mentioned this before, get the transcripts of the YouTube videos and summarize them. What I'm doing now is I'm getting really popular YouTube videos, feeding them through into ChatGPT, and I'm like, what are the story structures that I use mm. in this video? And it was amazing. Yeah, it It's works. like, this is a problem-solution story structure. It starts with the problem up front with this, and then it transitions into the solution, and da-da-da-da-da-da-da. I'm like, huh, interesting. It might not be 100% accurate, but it just gives it a different lens to look at it, mm. the content instead of summarizing you can kind of infer that, that it's a problem solution, but it's just being more targeted, I guess, with my research instead mm-hmm. of just like, oh, I've got all this, all these transcripts of all these YouTube videos and I've got the summary of the YouTube videos, but like how can I use that to make my own videos? And it's just mm-hmm. the same as using reference for art, right? This is a kind of art form 
So I'm just using the same principles as I would if I'm trying to learn someone's style with drawing. Mm. So I'm just trying to just immerse myself with as much content that I like to consume as possible mm -hmm. and then put it through my lens. Because then there's going to be different content types. Like I did a little story this morning letting people know that I'm working on this and then I put like a little question box to say, for those YouTubers out there, I'd love to know any advice that you have. Mm -hmm. Knowing full well that there's probably no great – I said that even in the thing. My hunch is that I've just got to do it mm -hmm. and iterate as I go. I know this, right? But if you've got any advice, I would, I would love it. Mm -hmm. Knowing that probably no one's going to say anything because there's nothing that anyone can say because I don't have any videos up there. So they're just going to be like, stay positive. <laughs> Keep consistent. You know what I mean? It's just like the yeah. general shit. Yeah. But it was interesting, some people that weren't YouTubers, but they gave me insights into what they liked about my stuff. my stuff and videos that they resonate with as well. Mm. And it, I've already found someone that I hadn't heard of before. I, apparently, I subscribed to them, but I they weren't sort of top of mind, but he, he was um, just sort of talking over time lapses, mm. right, about concepts and ideas outside of the technical side of things. So then that got me into thinking okay there's going to be different types of content that i'm going to do mm -hmm. I don't, as i said I, I never want to just be like an a how-to channel right or a how-to content creator i want to sort of look at it holistically so it's like all right now i've got categories of content that i can do i can do the more story things i can do the more education how-to and then i can do the more like philosophical how i'm thinking about certain things the struggles that i'm going through mm -hmm. experience that i've had then i can do like interviews with just me and another artist sketching and us having a conversation, you know what I mean? So that open, even just that little comment opened up a whole mm. idea where I was so narrow focused on this one video. It's like, huh, cool. Now I've got ideas moving forward. So I'm, I'm excited about it. I love all this nerdy shit, but I think I'm creeping into a little bit of the uh, premature yeah, uh, yeah, mode of, you know. Well, do you feel like you have enough information to go forward? Yeah. So I've written the script. Mm-hmm. And I've made so I, I want to put this up on my blog as well. So this is a whole fantastic thing about having a blog is I want to share all my resources and all my notes mm -hmm. on this very beginning stage of what I'm thinking about. Here's my first script. Here's the script of this video. Here's the script of this video based on XYZ podcast that I listen to that has this. And I have like a, a script template that I use. And on each script template, again, this I'm saying it out loud and I'm just like you just 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 post the fucking video <laughs> you know what i mean just shoot the video post it but on the template i've got all the resources and all the key points mm -hmm. like how do i want the viewer to feel how are they feeling before and how do i want them to feel after what transition are they going to have after this mm -hmm. and i think having those little notes and like show don't tell mm -hmm. talk less show more right is a good thing and then i asked chat gpt where did that come from it's like, oh, this has been a storytelling thing for centuries and done. I'm like, okay, cool. That's based in something real. All right. Now I feel confident in that. You know what I mean? So now I'm going to document the process of that. And then that can be another YouTube thing as well. So it can get pretty meta and like diversify the audience. So I'm not just, and the, the how-to art guy, I'm like, cool, I'm Ben. I like his shit. You know what I mean? Just like he likes doing art. I like his art, but also I'm trying to do content as well and blah, blah, blah. And then mix this in like the make now think later into the channel as well mm -hmm. and our conversations and there'll be clips of the youtube videos like this and the podcast splicing into my content as well it'll be sponsored by make now think later <laughs> you know what i mean it'll uh -huh. be sponsored by any products that we come out with so yeah it's also from a business side of things a fantastic acquisition channel mm. i'm hoping right or from what i've gathered from talking to other youtubers versus social like instagram that they're still fantastic acquisition channels but they're different mm. instagram tiktok shorts and all that sort of stuff they're very fleeting mm. they can kick off and they can get you reach but you've got to consistently keep posting out content where this if i'm creating evergreen content is going to be on there for ages and continue to get views but anyway there's my that <laughs> i've been waiting to just say <laughs> well you've been deep in the weeds for, for yeah over many weeks right yeah that's it. Really just it's really just this last week or two yeah. that I've just decided. Like it's just, just like I've said in past, I've decided now it's happening. So I'm excited because it's like, yep, there's going to be something out there. Mm -hmm. And it's going to flop. I guarantee it's going to flop. You know what I mean? You might get a few views. You know what I mean? But it's like, yeah. cool, I've broken that seal. I've done it. Next one. Next one. Next one. You know? So yeah. Yeah. There's something about like immediately posting that generates momentum. I'm not sure what it is, but like yeah. when you make something or put something out there, you want to immediately put more stuff out there. Yeah. 
And it's a very temporary feeling, I feel. It is. You've almost got to capture that and be yeah. like, <laughs> that's why I almost want to have a, um, which I've started to do, to have a kind of an inbox of ideas mm. just forever. Always on my phone, just putting ideas down. So when it comes to when I have that feeling, I can be like, okay, where's those ideas? Cool. Let's take that. Let's run with it. Where can that go? Blah, 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 blah. Cool. Now they've got that next video in the pipeline. Mm. Um, and then again, and then I've gone deep into like systematizing it all. So from the practical shooting it, because I want to start, I talked to you earlier about batching mm. tasks because I'm, I'm not struggling, but as I'm wanting to create more content, I'm out of capacity if I'm just doing it every day. Yeah. So I really want to figure out how I can batch, make now, think later stuff batch my stuff into say script writing like mondays might be a live stream that i do on youtube and script writing mm. tuesdays figuring out the shot list so i've started to i've created like a notion database with the script and in each section there's a shot list so for example one part of the video will just be a talking head mm. another part of the video i'm going to do an animation overlaying this particular idea and that's going to speed up the editing process instead of me trying to figure it out as I go, which I'll have to do anyway. But at least I can sit down and maybe draft out an edit for like three videos in a day, just the B-roll. I haven't recorded anything yet, but it's mm. all the animations, the B-roll, the extra stuff that goes over the top of it for Make Now Think Later, for my stuff, for the YouTube, even shorts and reels and that kind of stuff. So I'm, yeah, thinking more and more about systematizing things and batching like mm. tasks as my idol tim ferris <laughs> has said many a time <laughs> yes. i think that's very useful because yeah yeah it avoids context switching yeah which is like one of the big things that even with like programming you know if you change from let's say like front end to back end or different programming language you can do it but it, it just takes a little bit of extra time for your mind to stop thinking about yeah. things in that certain way yep and yeah and if you can bash things together then yeah. you don't have to make that switch you can yeah streamline it and hopefully i can pump out two three times more content than i would otherwise mm. just because the energy the energy is the bottleneck yeah. for me and then once i get that off the ground hopefully that's generating me more revenue so then i can hire someone to help me mm -hmm. that's like the next step yeah but that's me so far we can we can sort of circle back to that but for yourself what have you been working on since we last talked i mean i've been working on startup stuff i guess yeah, business stuff yeah you know, getting back to programming and making apps because mm -hmm. i guess what i've talked about on this podcast is trying to figure out what i want to do like there was a possibility of going into like consulting freelancing which there's an opportunity to do that but it didn't feel right to me yeah and then there's the content creation stuff which i still want to do mm. i'm still there but i spend so much time thinking about frameworks i spend so much time thinking about making things elegant in like programming ways and like I might as well just do it, you know? And then, so it feels like I'm moving forward. Mm. And then my plan is to use some of the learnings I get from that as content, you know? Because this is something that I'm truly interested in. Mm. You know, I can do this basically from the time I wake up to the time I should already be asleep. And I can do that like day in, day out pretty easily. Hell yeah, man. But one thing I'm always worried about with doing the startup stuff is that it might not work out, you know? Yeah. You try your hardest, but... uh people don't like the product or the market changes in some way or, you know, whatever random asteroid hits your house or something. Well, then it doesn't matter at all. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, right. So there's typically a big time investment. So one of the things I want to do to kind of de-risk that mm. is to build the content stuff on the side, yep. like the Make Now Think Later, yeah. like the Substack and like the other thing I'm doing, which I haven't started yet, which would be sharing tips or things that I've learned about. Yeah programming in this way that i'm programming yep and then i guess another thing is that like i haven't really examined this one too much but this is another thought that i have you know i'm working on keep on which is our thing yeah plus the others yeah but it's really us or mainly me right now that's working on it yep and um it's a booking payments app for typically a lot of the clientele that we have are like personal trainers and things like that mm -hmm. or people that run classes in certain ways and it's like do i really want to spend my like the next year or like this huge amount of effort on this problem which i don't really feel is like a big problem mm. you know in the grand scheme of things it can measurably improve people's lives yeah but it's like not the biggest problem you know yeah i don't know <laughs> like, yeah it's just like there's that kind of doubt yep 
maybe it's like too idealistic to feel like you have to be moving the world forward in a certain way or feel like you're helping the right people not that these people aren't right to be helped or whatever but like yeah it's a tricky one the thing that i what i'm hearing and what i'm loving is that even when you messaged me the other day yeah i was like hey what you been up to i just just been programming i'm loving it (laughs) something akin to that yeah and i was just like fuck yeah he's doing it because i mean for me i'll draw whether the camera's on or not yeah you know what i mean and i think that's a a great start Mm -hmm. with the content side of things and folding this into say because i feel like we got really amped about i still am about software around the creator space Mm. there's no reason why we can't fold what we've learned from keep on or the frameworks that you're building with like the, yeah. the React Native stuff and that kind of thing into, cool, now we, we can work on something that can be native across all platforms and get it out fast mm. and have those updates that you're talking about without worrying about the App Store and this sort of, this is a little bit inside baseball. But yeah, so that's the exciting part. Like, But I get that feeling of like, because I think about that myself, like I'm just fucking pushing pixels around. <laughs> yeah. On the fucking screen, like yeah. at this, in the scheme of things, I mean, I feel good doing it, so I'm like, fuck it. But yeah. at the same time, it's like I hope that other people are getting something out of it, and I've got some feedback on that, right? Mm. That people are liking, it and they're getting, I get DMs daily of people, so I'm like, cool, all right, that's sort of quietened that voice down a little bit. Is like, is this is this even doing anything, you know? Mm. But thinking too much about that doesn't. Like it, yeah, it, it, you're probably right. It is. I don't. Know, at least for me, it doesn't help anything. Because what else are you going to be doing? Doing it for someone else? I'd rather be doing something, working on a lesser problem, or like a lesser, like world-changing problem for myself, rather than like a huge problem working for someone else. Yeah, I agree. Personally, yeah, something that I have complete control over, and like we could spin keep on up into anything that we want, really. Yeah, I, I agree. That's kind of where I've settled. I think because mm. I, I do have that little thought in my head that reoccurs every now and then, but. One, I feel good when I'm programming it, mm. and I feel like I'm learning. I feel like I'm learning the right ways to do certain things or learning new things mm. still. And that's that adherence level. Yeah, exactly. That we've right. been talking about, right? Yeah. So I guess a refresher on that is like copied from the Muscle and Strength Pyramids by Eric Helms. There's like a pyramid for when you're trying to do stuff. Illuminati. Yeah, <laughs> Illuminati pyramid. <laughs> <laughs> and for muscle and strength and training, you know, the baseline is adherence. Whatever program you're trying to do to live healthier or to get stronger, it doesn't matter what program you do if you can't stick to it. Yep. And that's the most important thing. And definitely with what I'm doing now, like I said before, I can do this day in, day out. Yeah. It's hard for me to sleep when I'm programming because I just want to stay up and (laughs) stay up and program, right? Especially when I'm programming on something that's my stuff or where I feel like I can have a big impact. Mm. If it was someone else... I don't think I would feel that way. No. I feel more of a chore. Yep. But in this way, it does feel like it's something I can adhere to. Mm. And then the next step up of the pyramid, and I won't go too far into the pyramid, but the next step <laughs> up is volume, intensity, and frequency. Mm. If you're trying to improve at anything or get better at anything, you kind of need to put the reps in or the volume. Mm-hmm. That's the main thing. And with this, I can pump out, you know, there's volume, right? I can program a lot. Just like when you're drawing, mm-hmm. you enjoy it so you can get the volume in, so yeah. you can improve. And you still have that curiosity to keep learning yep you know and that's something that's driving what i'm doing is there's still that curiosity mm. still there so i'm like oh what if i do this oh it doesn't quite work oh what if i try this oh that yeah. works that works well that's where it feels more right to me because mm. like the innate curiosity is there yep when i was contemplating the consulting thing it was more about like how do i get out of this as fast as possible? <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> how do i take a minimum contract as possible so i can <laughs> Go back to doing what I want to do. Yeah. And how do I spin this into a way so that it works for me long term so I can fulfill that curiosity? Is it going to fulfill that curiosity? So that's one of the big things, I think. And like I said before, to de-risk it for myself, I want to make content of it. So if it doesn't work, at least I can teach others about the things that I've learned through the process, whether it's about the business side of it, whether Mm. it's about the programming side of it, or whatever you know yeah. but at least there is some output mm. that is not just for myself but for others and there's momentum there as well from the product side of things mm. we've got users we've yeah. got customers that are sort of running their full business yeah through the software you know what i mean so it's like cool there's something to iterate there it's not starting completely from scratch mm. there is momentum there 
which yeah, is exactly. Uh, oh, I'm excited. Yeah, oh, I'm excited, man, because it just makes sense. All the puzzle pieces kind of fit into place. Yeah, you're doing it regardless. Yeah, it's stuff that you can turn into content. You showed me something that you figured out, mm. or that you had to try and figure out that you could then teach others. Yeah, there's a lot of little things you got to figure out, and those little things are the things like oh, you just need one of those little things on a reel, on a tweet <laughs> storm. Yeah. Poof. Yeah. Francis is the next fucking whoever, you know what I mean? <laughs> like it's. Uh, and I was thinking about, um, you know, I don't think I've ever been proud of the product. You know what I mean? Yeah, me neither. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever someone's like, oh, what app are you on? I'm like, it's this app, but it's not there. Yet. It's like, very hesitant. Yeah. It's, it's like, oh, yeah, we're still working on it. Work in progress. That's exactly, like the equivalent right? of if I've done a drawing and uh, I'm just like, ah. Eh. It's just like oh, it was just it was just a little idea. It's yeah. just a sketch. It's just a an experiment. It's that it's whatever. Yeah, exactly right. I mentioned to someone the other day who hadn't heard about it. You know, I was talking to them about it, and they were like, "Oh, so when does it launch?" Because I was like, I guess in my in the in how unenthusiastic I sounded about it, it was like it didn't even sound like it launched yet. Yeah, and, you know, usually oh yeah, I have it. It's out. You know, you can get it. Mm. But I'm like, yeah, it's out a bit. You know, it's not. Yeah, nothing special yet. Yeah. So that's a big thing also is like, you know, I want to make something that I feel good about, mm. that I feel like I can stand behind and say like, you know, I put some care into this. Mm. It's good for that reason. Please enjoy. You know? Yeah. And that's kind of the feeling that I want to get. So I think that's part of what's keeping me motivated mm. and keeping me adhering to it is that there is that possibility of that appreciation or that product that I'm actually very happy with Yeah, coming out the other end. And I feel like I have all the know-how to do it, mm -hmm. you know, so yeah. that should be no problem. But that's exciting, I think. Yeah. It'll be fun. Hell yeah. And that's even like with any courses or stuff, like even my tutorial that I came out with, mm. I'm bloody proud of that. Yeah. It's not like uh, I still have a little bit of a trouble, like uh, there's a little bit of like, a, oh, I want to make it better, but it's like, yeah. well, that's the next product. You know what I mean? I'm always just like art or anything that you do, you look back like six months from when you first did it and you're like, oh, I've learned so much. Mm. since then so it's never going to be finished but it's to a point when you release the thing that you're proud and you can promote it and that's when marketing is easy because mm -hmm. you're almost like yeah check it out like i'm really really happy with it mm. right and it, it would it helped me my younger self would have loved this yeah i think you'll like it as well if i was running the business through this app it would be a no-brainer exactly right like it's like that. dog feeding the product yeah, yeah. exactly right and yeah. i mean I want to run content stuff through Keepon as well. Like I want mm. to figure out how it can work through my stuff. Well, that might be a separate product or anything, but anything that mm. we put out, I think, together. Yeah. We've got a very high bar for quality, which is also a, at a detriment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, we're talking about imposter syndrome, perfectionism before, you know, those are things you have to kind of overcome yeah. a little bit because you want to at least actually get something out there. Yeah. But it is, you know, I guess it's the two sides of the coin, right? It makes you want to really put something quality out there but mm. it also takes you a bit longer to get it out there yeah. in the first place yeah definitely man yeah cool so you've you're doing your programming you're loving it mm. working on the product so from the product standpoint so you're basically turning it into a into a format where it's going to be easy to work on as yeah. well or like a lot easier to work on which we were talking about earlier is there's like the developer experience and i'm finding that from myself with say editing yeah and like these new tools that are coming out like descript premiere pro started to get some new features in there mm. and it's like the tools that you use can really either put a barrier yeah in front of you actually doing the thing or pull you yeah. to actually want to mm -hmm. like go and make a great video with this piece of software or mm. you know what i mean like it's it's an interesting parallel, but yeah, the developer experience is fucking everything. Probably underrated, I think. Yep. Very underrated. Descript is a good example. They should be sponsoring this podcast. I oh, know. But they're not sponsoring this podcast. Someone actually asked for like a sponsored link from me. <laughs> I've yet to bloody get that sorted out, but yeah. Yeah, but that's a cool little program. Mm. And I, I love the marketing that they put into it. That's a really good example of marketing because mm. you can see from the videos, it shows you, it's a very visual way of showing what the product does. Yeah. As soon as you see that video, you're like, oh. Yeah. You're like immediately sold on the problem and the solution mm. to it, which I yeah. think is quite cool. It's interesting because I've talked to a lot of people about it through like Zooms and stuff. Yeah. And they've heard about it. If they've heard about it, they're like, oh, it just does captions. Mm. 
no, wrong. And then I show them like, holy shit. Yeah. It's interesting how people can perceive something that you put out from a product standpoint and if mm. they hear about it through someone else. So it's almost like when you do your marketing, you almost have to get to the people that have got to tell their friends, mm. be very clear to them so then they explain it. <laughs> right. In a in a way, yeah. like they spread the word in a good way or like in a way that makes sense. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, that's the best kind of marketing, isn't it? Oh. Like where the people who have bought from you yeah. do the marketing for you. Yeah. That's happening in your tutorial, right? People are- I find it f- fascinating that yeah. people are like, oh, this and this and this, like they love it. Yeah. It's just like, yeah. Even like if I mention it in chat on lives sometimes, mm-hmm. without a doubt, there's almost someone's like, yep well worth the money and then some. <laughs> i'm just like oh warms my heart because yeah. it's something yeah that i'm proud of so yeah that's exciting man mm. that you sort of getting the bug back. and i think there's something to be said about taking a break yeah as well from yeah. like larger projects because it was something that i i think both of us were pretty burnt out with there for, yeah. for a little while yeah i mean you've been working on it for seven seven eight, years yeah seven eight years i was working on it for like three, three. yeah yeah three three and a half yeah like it's yeah. yeah, and with like, not no traction, but it's just like it was just slow. Yeah, there was a period there where it was growth. Yeah, and that was very motivating. Yeah, and then it stopped. <laughs> yeah, because of uh, it was right before the old pandy. Yep, and then that just fucking shattered all over everything, and then it was just like hard going. Because I mean, at that point, it was all up in the air of oh, what's. Yeah. What's open, what's not. And specifically for, say, like personal trainers that were using the product, mm. the first one to go because it's like, oh, it's social yeah, distancing and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I think there's something to be said coming back to something with fresh eyes. Yeah, fresh eyes definitely helped, I think. And even the technology is yes, they gotten better. Yeah, and the developer experience improved more. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think that's one of the big things about, like I said, Descript, but even like things like Gumroad and Substack. Mm. You know, they make it easier for you to create. Mm. They're improving the creator experience, I guess. Yeah. You know, Gumroad has kind of increased their fees a little bit recently, but mm-hmm. like that's still like one of their main selling points, right? Is they're trying to make it easier for you to make a living doing this kind of thing. Yeah. And they're still kind of the default, I guess. Yeah. It's interesting. I'm, I've been looking at course platforms because Gumroad is not really a course platform. Yeah. It's like a product, like once off sale, not once off sale, but it's, it's different. It doesn't have like modules and it doesn't have like gated content yeah that kind of stuff right so i've been looking at it and fuck some of these prices (laughs) on some of these platforms just to get started you're looking at 150 200 bucks a month to kick it off yeah my fuck it better work you know what i mean like and then that gets into question like what's the the price point that you got to put the sort of info product or the course yeah like i'm confident i could cover that cost from what how the gum road's gone Mm. but even so, it's still there's like still apprehension there, and then I'm like, could I make this myself somehow? Like, is there <laughs> yeah, <no. laughs> that starts creeping in, and I'm like, no, that's just another however many months mm. trying to do that. And I mean, that's where I get excited about building products around the creator space because there's a lot of problems yeah. that need to be solved in this space. You're talking about pricing, and that's something I've been thinking about recently, mm. especially with a lot of these infrastructure tools mm. for developers like there's one called Vercel yep. which is a way to kind of deploy your app or deploy your website and what i like about their pricing is that it's always free to start so when you're testing it's not not free trial but it's free to start mm-hmm. or free for like non-commercial yeah so you're able to kind of learn the platform play with it on your side projects mm. and then when you're ready like you know what this will become yeah. I'm going to deploy on Vercel. Yeah. Not sponsored. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But like yeah. because the developer experience is so good and I've been using it for hobby projects, I will use this one for the pro version or whatever they call it. Yeah. So it's a way like I like that it kind of like scales with you. Mm. And then even when your pro thing turns into let's say it turns into multi million, whatever, yeah. not saying that it will. But like, you know, in the enterprise level, it also grows with that kind mm. of level, right? And then you have another tier for that. Yeah. So I'm really interested in bringing these more kind of scale with you pricing models mm. forefront i guess gumroad kind of does that because i guess it's like yeah because there's no upfront cost yeah right. like i feel like that's good for basically until you can start hiring people 
probably, mm. then you probably want to move off because it's like you might as well hire someone with how much you're paying Gumroad. Yeah. So it's like maybe at the highest end, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Yeah. Some way to scale with you. There's something, it's a little off topic, but it's something I've been thinking no, about. No, recently. no, there's no off topic here. <laughs> behind the scenes talking about all this stuff. And I, I think from a course side of things as well, like info product. Yeah. Is there something? That's what I was trying to figure like out. that. Because this makes a lot of sense for software. Mm. But for courses and one-off products, I'm not sure what the analogy is. I'd like to experiment with things like this. Mm. I mean, there's all these types of like pricing things you could do. Like I did it with Gumroad and it worked, like mm. the three-tier pricing. You've got the magic middle pricing, right? So this is way inside baseball, but you've got the lowest price mm-hmm. of the tier and then you've got the highest price and you've got the magic middle. So how close you put that middle pricing to the lowest price or the highest price depends on how much of that you're going to sell, right? Mm. If you put it closer to the middle, and this is all depending on your offering as well. So you've got to be giving out value, right? The closer that you put the middle pricing to the lowest pricing, the more middle that you're going to sell. Mm. The closer right. that you put the middle to the highest pricing, the higher price is going to sell more. Yep. And that's going to be dependent on what you put in the middle. So I've got for my third tier, my highest tier, I've got everything. It's like mm-hmm. the full kit. You get the 3D models, you get the eight-hour walkthrough, you get the 40-page PDF, you get all the files and everything, right? And there's only like a $10 difference between the highest price and the middle price, but the middle price, you only get the PDF and the files. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like a no-brainer yeah. to be like, well, I'll just get the full thing because that gives me all the value, right? then I can go the opposite way with that. So there's all these types of things that you can think about with Mm. pricing, but I'm thinking more so from the experience level when I get into like courses and that kind of thing. Is there like a lock-off, like you have to complete this free module Mm -hmm. to get you up to speed with my way of thinking to then do the full course so then you'll get the value out of it, right? Mm. So you can test out my way of thinking, teaching, do a couple of projects, and then you want to dive deep you want to figure out everything that I'm thinking about, you get all of my notes, you get every like everything on all these topics with lighting, stylization, and you get like 100 plus, like, what, you know what I mean? Then it's like, cool, you're already in my ecosystem. Take it further. You take mm. it as far as you want to do. And then, then that's where the tears might come in. Mm, Just be like the casual artist or you want, to, you want to expedite the process, then that might equal a – uh, a meeting with me every month or something. Mm. Although I do want to reduce the amount of me time compared to how much I make. Like I don't want to, I want to detach my time to the, to my income as much as I possibly can. Mm. But that could be like the big tier. Mm. And the middle tier is like, cool, you get access to all the pre recorded courses, uh, videos, and you get all the critiques that I've done for past year. I think there's interesting ways to do it where it's yeah. actually beneficial. It's not just like a money grab. It's like, cool, I want you to get the most value out of this because it's both in your best interest to get the most value and in my best interest because then you're going to get better and you're going to tell other people that that's where I got better. Yeah. That was like a, I don't know, it could be a complete fucking, like, no, that's not a good idea. I guess it's like, yeah, the first one would be like almost hobby kind of level. Like you got your artists that they haven't made a career yet. You know, they're still yeah. learning, you know, and then you got the other tiers, I guess, are like almost aspirational. They're there when that person is ready to be that. Mm. And then like the last tier might be selling to an educational institution or something like yeah, that. Yeah, enterprise model. Yeah. So it's like, cool. Then it's like, you like license yeah. my content or I don't know. It's interesting because that'll be a really fun experiment to run. Because there's, I would lose out, say if I had like a $200 course, right? Mm-hmm. That would be chock-a-block with as much value. You'd basically have all of my information mm-hmm. on a particular topic or whatever the course is about. Is there a world where that's tiered, but it's actually locked and there's got to be some sort of assessment to get to the next level? Mm. I don't like the sound of that because that yeah, sounds more traditional- like- I mean, education like assessment is the right way to do it. But it almost gives it exclusivity in that point as well. Yeah. Like if you're playing off the exclusivity yeah. side of things, it's like, oh, I got into, you know what I mean? <laughs> now you're a university. Yeah, but then I don't want to be that. I don't want to be that. <laughs> but just as a thought experiment, it's, it's uh, an interesting model. 
Yeah, so many models. I guess with the licensing one that always brings me back to things like software info products, mm. whether it's in like ebooks or things or frameworks or whatever yeah. collections of components or whatever. Mm. And they usually have an individual tier for you, and then they have like a team tier. If you're mm. like a Google or some other startup that has money and yeah. you want to buy it for your team, yep, then you have a way to give each of them a license. Yeah, I guess you want to do it in a way which gives people who have the capacity to pay more and also who want to pay you more a way to pay you more. Yeah, that's Adam Wathen. Yeah. Thing. Did I steal that from him? I'm you did, did, but we <laughs> stole it from someone else because that's exactly what he, he talked about on yeah. the podcast yeah. about the enterprise model. Yeah. It's like sometimes people want to pay you more. Yeah. Give them the opportunity to, right? And for the people that can't, you're always going to have the people that can't afford it or whatever, but you can give them enough to give them as much value as you can. But there's- Yeah, I guess how do you do that in a course- well, it's interesting, like the workshops that I've done for like game companies, Yeah, I'd started to ask a lot of like questions like, oh, what other education things are you using? They actually have internal like budgets mm, and resources yes. for their art teams. That's such a good point because often with those kinds of things, they have to use it or they lose it. Yeah. They're wanting to find things to spend money on yeah. to train the artists. Exactly. That's so they've got a budget a and at the end of, the, end of the whatever financial year, they're just like, well, we spent nothing on development of our team oh shit now we've got to uh <laughs> yeah and if they don't spend it then they'll be like oh you guys you guys don't need it we're going to reduce your budget. yeah <laughs> and so they're always going to want to spend it yeah exactly right so there's that to but i'm even starting to think about physical products as well mm. i've not taken steps with this yet but as i'm getting into like 3d sculpting and that kind of thing i'd really really love to come out with my own like line of you know those like vinyl toys there's like really high-end sort of like Art, like uh, art toys, I think they're called, right? But I want them to be educational tools, but Mm. also look cool as shit for like stylized art. Mm. You know what I mean? And it's like my stamp on it. It's like this is something I'd actually use, whether it's like a a stylized anatomy, Mm. like bust, small, medium, large sort of thing, my own version of like the stylized head, male, female, you know what I mean? Like Mm. the skull in different, like maybe detachable eventually. Like, you know what I mean? Like I want to explore that. Yeah. physical side of things which is going to be a pocket nightmare but it's that's going to come right. after some courses and yeah. some some revenue coming in but i think that'll be like really 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 fun yeah because it's a physical it's like cool that's like a thing and that could be part of all right cool now that's an upsell in a online stuff that i'm selling the info product stuff mm. it's like yeah you get the highest tier yeah you get this as well which mm. is going to help with thing. and then i just want to make cool shit as well <laughs> it's just like not for anything, it just looks cool. Well, yeah, I guess it's a good way for the early adopters and for the people who are able to spend that kind of money and want the extra 2% or whatever gain Yeah, for them to give you that money. Yeah, that's it. Kind of reminds me of what Apple does, you know, with their new products, they will just price them super high. Yeah. And then people money will pay. Yeah. Because they're the early adopters. Yep, that's exactly right. Yeah, it's it's such a, there's so many different ways you could cut this up. You know yeah, I, mean? I think it's all all again to do with experimentation mm-hmm. and figuring out what. But at the end of the day, whatever I put out and whatever you put out, whatever we put out, it's got to be fucking great. Yeah, like you know that, know that people. <laughs> Anything you get from <laughs> us, it's got. We we put our stamp on it and we hold ourselves in pretty high, not high regard. You know what I'm talking about at a high standard. Yeah, for, for ourselves. For ourselves, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but. Yeah, I really like the idea of the physical stuff. I can see it, yeah. Because like then it, the, the step before that yeah. is like, cool, all right, if you've got a 3D printer, here are the files if you want them as well. Mm. You do it yourself, you paint them up, and I can do like a whole going back to YouTube. So this is mm. it. This is the, it's the content game, babe. Everything is content. <laughs> then I go and I document the whole process of creating this physical yeah. product. What does it look like? And then that's the marketing for the physical product and how I use it when I draw and do all that sort of stuff. Mm. Like it's such a nice cyclical thing. And even with yourself, like as you're doing the programming, mm. you're sharing what you're doing. It's like showing how the, the sausage is made and it's like, here, now you can buy the sausage. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, like There's going good back, ingredients in there. <laughs> going back to the physical products and the 3D printing, that's a cool way to kind of separate the tiers. You know, you have the 3D printing files. Mm. You can pay 10 bucks or whatever for the files. Yeah. Or you can get the approved Ben Eblen printed properly. The vinyl, like I've gone to fucking yeah. China and got, gotten all the manufacturing, and I paid a shit ton of money yeah. to get it all like exactly right. Mickey Mouse, and you know, they're like, like they might cost a bit of money, 
But oh, like well, the, I've already looked at it. It's a ton of money. <laughs> but they're the approved ones, right? So you can get the the hobby one or you can get yeah. the, the mint one. They both functionally do the same thing. Yeah. But it's just, but there's know. something to physical stuff, I think, as well. Even more so as we're getting going more and more into the online space and things being more online, I think there's going to be a premium on physical yeah. things to have in your space as well because people are going to be working more so in their own space. Mm. It's they want to have their own. Like, you need that cool stuff on the Zoom backgrounds, right? It's like the art bookshelf equivalent. Yeah, exactly. And it's because I was talking, I was actually talking to a book publisher the other day. Mm-hmm. And I was saying there is something to, at least from the art side of things, like a not a prestige, but it's like, yeah, I've got the book, I've got mm. the physical thing. And I don't think that's going to change. Yeah. That's always going to be sort of the way to go. It's like from a physical standpoint, I wonder what, what you could do. You come out with like, I don't know, like you remember like Silicon Valley, like the wrist strap or something so you don't get carpal tunnel when you're doing all your programming. <laughs> you could get those custom keyboard. Have you seen, I think it was Stack Overflow that made like the Control C, Control V custom keyboard. Like yeah. One click. Yeah. That kind of stuff's pretty cool. That's just cool. Like, is it practical? Yeah, kind of. But it's just like a fun thing, like within your community as well. Mm. Like, like even because I always wear a hat. That's something that comes up all the time in yeah in streams, you know, like do my own that kind of thing. But there's just yeah, as you start to build an audience, and this is why just the opportunity mm. is there's no there's no limit to it. Not just from a business standpoint, but just meeting these people on like live or meeting these people like on chat and just having them. It's just fucking fun, man. Like yeah. I'm I'm starting to get up in the mornings and like be excited. To, it sounds sad, but I haven't had that in quite a long time. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I started getting that recently too. Like yeah, with this with the programming stuff, like yeah, yeah some feeling I miss. Yeah, I think that's where when you're going to sleep and it's kind of a drag. You're like fuck her up, but yeah. then you just want to get to sleep so then you can wake up the next day. Yeah, to like start and like figure out things. It's it is a real different feeling to like your alarm goes off and you're like. <sighs> All right, let's go. <laughs> All right, let's make some content. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Time to make a reel. Yeah, and that's <laughs> and that's why I don't understand. Like, and it's, people like what they like, right? But that's yeah. why I don't understand a lot of the time where there's complaining about. Oh, now I've got to do reels. Mm. It's like get excited about it. It's fucking fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot easier to get excited about it if it's your own stuff. I think. Yeah, exactly yeah. right, man. Yeah, exactly right. But yeah, what have we talked about? We've gone through my YouTube, YouTube deep dive, yeah. procrastination, on the edge of procrastination. <laughs> but <laughs> So that'll be, uh, my goal is to get it out by the end of this week or beginning of next week. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be interesting. And then we'll come back with the next podcast. And uh, there we go. Before the next podcast, I'd like to have the video out mm-hmm. and what I learned. So you can plug it. Initial, oh yeah, plug it, whatever. But even just like what I've learned from mm-hmm. the whole process. So I've finished the script. Now I'm going through the shot list mm-hmm. and doing the animations and things like that. That'll be cool. It's one of those things where you know exactly what you need to do. Yeah. You just got to do it. It's very programmatic. It gives, yeah. it gives me that same feeling of just exactly getting all my ducks right. in a row with programming. Yeah. Here it's just like, okay, now I'll go. That, 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 that is very systematic. Yeah. Like is, yeah. And, and if then, I can then get that, then it's like, cool. Then I can start hiring people eventually mm. and then plug them into that system that I've made. Yeah. And then evolve that system rather than just be like, oh, I need to make a video. Shit. Go, do it. You know, it's like, okay, cool. This is the idea. This is the process that I've gone through, through the last 500 videos that I've already made. Mm-hmm. These ones perform the best. This is what we're basing things on, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, um, I think there's something to be said about getting analytical with some of this stuff. Yeah. Not too early. I think I've, I've, I've cut my teeth on Instagram mm. and content in general so far. I think I've kind of not giving myself the right, but I'm giving myself some leeway to get more analytical yeah. with it. I think you need to get analytical in some way. Like you need to be interested enough to want to get analytical about yeah. it. But you can't let that get in the way of you doing the thing. Putting the thing out. Like, there's it, definitely a balance, right? Yeah. But like if you're thinking about getting analytical or something, it's a good sign because it means you're curious about it. Yeah. And it's even what like Mr. B said. He's like, look, your first hundred videos aren't going to get any views, right? Yeah. They may, but they might not. And yours, I'm, I, yours will. I yeah, well, I hope so. That would be lovely, <laughs> but I'm just no expectations, yeah. you know. But I'm uh, fortunate that I've got a little bit of a following to sort of kick it off. But he's like, look, do the first video and then just change one thing. Mm. Maybe it's the thumbnail and title. Maybe it's the editing. Maybe it's the jokes. Maybe it's the camera presence. Maybe it's the inflection, mm. right? And then each video you try a different thing. 
you do another thing like this video right now, I'm going to be looking back at it in a year's time and be like, oh, I could have done this, 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 and this. But I, did, I, I, I didn't know that mm. at this point. So, And keeping it there as a good document of your Yeah, process. exactly. Yeah. yeah, and I'm going to be documenting that through my blog, mm. uh, the whole process. So that's what I, before this, I was trying to figure out the code to sort of rip all my notes to then put into the blog post. Mm. So yeah, talked about that. Yeah. YouTube. Talked about my stuff a bit and finding- The love of programming. Yeah, finding the love of programming, <laughs> <laughs> which is always a good thing. Yeah. I talked about pricing, different kind of ways to price certain yeah. things. And yeah, finding a way to maybe get value, but without having things be a money grab. Yeah. I think looking at it objectively and how you would react. Yeah, that's a good point. If you were going to purchase something mm-hmm. from yourself or someone else that you want, and how do you feel about that? Mm. Is it is like, all right, cool. Yeah, that's, or is it like oh, a good that's sign? Because I always have this thing in the back of my head. I don't want to feel slimy mm-hmm. with this set, like sales and that kind of stuff. I just don't like it. What is it? I can't remember who said it, but like sales is like shitty marketing. <laughs> 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 I don't know about that, but it's like, well, that's that Naval quote, isn't it? Essentially, I think it's, yeah, it's, it's like, like you don't need marketing if you got a great product or something yeah. like that. There's, 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 there's uh, the truth lies somewhere in between. You, you need, you need a way to get your stuff out there. Exactly, right? no matter right. what. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And from the YouTube perspective, it's the thumbnail and the title is kind of the mini marketing, mm. the mini sale that you've got to make cool way to, to get a click. Yeah. But yeah, well, I mean, we could go deeper. At, like in each of these topics, we can go so deep, like even the pricing. But we've just got to do it ourselves. Yeah. And share what we've accomplished, and we're thinking about getting some guests yeah on as well so your partner michelle she's a tiktok uh which would you classify as a tiktok <laughs> i don't know she's like. put out some tiktoks and <laughs> gone off uh, let's just say she's a comic artist there you go yep we'll see if we can get her on and get a different perspective yep and i've uh i've on the podcast that i was on the other day it's not out yet but the sketchy van mm. podcast Did you get in the van no i didn't know oh. because he's in california so that was just not practical. She just got in some sketchy van. Just find one too. Just <laughs> we just both sit in a van. Yeah, exactly. With like shit internet. <laughs> yeah, they're real experience. No, so yeah, maybe um, Christian said he's down. Yep. So I'll get some artists from my end of end of my sort of community that I'm in mm-hmm. more so, and just business people and that sort of stuff. So we'll start branching out into that. Yeah, I think that'd be cool. Yeah. It's going to be really- We'll figure out the logistics and we'll get it We'll get it done. Yeah. And it could yeah. be people just starting out as well. Yeah. Like them just popping on, saying their experience and mm. what what are you struggling with? What have you found when mm. you've sort of, how you've tried to sort of grow your thing, what's working, what's not, and maybe we can go back and forth. And I think those would be just as valuable yeah. as listening to someone that's sort of been there and done that. Yeah, I think that's super right because I think, you know, you kind of alluded to this earlier. We kind of talked about the Rick Rubin thing a little bit. Yeah. And he was saying something about how, you know, all advice is crap, you know. Yeah. Because everyone's context is completely different. Mm -hmm. And if we, you know, if we have a a wide variety of people, even if they're just everyday people or, Mm. you know, who have been struggling with this problem, maybe one of them will have a similar way of looking at it as you will. Yeah. And be able to connect with you in a certain way. And that might help you. Yeah. So I think, yeah, having a diverse array of people is a good thing, I think. Yeah. And that's why I think us coming from our experience Mm -hmm. is the best way to do this kind of thing because it's like, cool, we're just sharing our experience. Mm -hmm. It's you take and leave what you want and yeah. All right. All right. Catch you later, everyone. See you later.